From KGW News, this is Straight Talk with Laurel Porter. Hello and welcome to Stray Talk. I'm Laurel Porter. We report on countless stories about how our mental health system has failed people who are struggling with addiction, people who are homeless, others who end up in the criminal justice system. A national health report showed nearly 35% of Oregonians reported symptoms of anxiety and or a depressive disorder last fall. That's 3% above the national average. And even before the pandemic, many Oregonians reported having a mental illness. Those numbers were also above the national average. And Mental Health America ranks states based on the prevalence of mental illness and rates of access to care. Oregon ranked dead last at 51st. It's something Oregon lawmakers took a big swing at in the last two legislative sessions. In this episode of Straight Talk, we meet two of the legislators who led the way, Representative Rob Nose and State Senator Kate Lieber, both Democrats from Portland and co-leaders of the Joint Budget Committee. They helped to pass the largest investment in mental health in Oregon state history. Using state general funds and leveraging federal dollars, it totaled a whopping $1.25 billion. I'm pleased to welcome my guest, State Senator Kate Lieber and State Representative Rob Nose. Welcome to Stray Talk. It's so nice to have you both here. Thanks, Laurel. It's great to be here. Well, let's set Hi, the Kate. Stage. Hi, Laurel. Hi Thanks there. Let's begin by setting the stage for this big infusion of funding into the state's mental health system. How would you describe the current condition of behavioral health in Oregon? What got your attention that it needed a lot of help? Let's begin with State Senator Kate Lieber. Yeah, thank you, Laurel, and thanks for having us. I, I really appreciate being here with um, Rob Nose. You know, we when somebody needs to access services, they need those services available right then and there. And we do not have that right now. And I knew coming as a, I'm a former prosecutor, I spent eight years on the Psychiatric Security Review Board who has jurisdiction over people in the state hospital with mental health issues. And I uh, sit on a board, was the board chair for a while of a nonprofit working on homelessness issues, that this is the central issue that we needed to tackle in order to make sure that we could have people get those services they need when they need them. The state right now is not good, but we have made a big swing in trying to make sure that we get services to people who need them when, they, when they're ready for them. And Representative Nose, what got your attention? What inspired you to take that big swing? A couple of things. Uh, first off, I live in inner, I represent inner Southeast Portland. And unfortunately, uh, my constituents are seeing the mental health challenges that our state, our city, our county are experiencing uh, pretty much every day as they drive around to do the various things that they do living in our community. Um, and so it's a it's a very pressing issue for my voters, and I assume for Senator Lieber's as well. Um, and then secondly, um, uh, House Speaker Tina Kotek, um, her wife uh, used to work at Cascadia, and I think probably like any other couple in this state, uh, when you go home to your spouse and you talk about your day, um, she got her ear bent by her wife quite a bit about what were the challenges in our state's mental health delivery system. And so the speaker came to me and said, I'm putting you on this behavioral health committee. Um, you're in a strategic role in the budget process. You're gonna fund all of the bills that we get passed in this space and begin to make progress on this. 
And so that's how I got dragged into it. <laughs> well, that's inspiration. Well, the big investment package was passed in the 2021 longer legislative session that ended last summer, and then you made additional investments in the recently adjourned short session. How would you describe the significance of what lawmakers passed in those two sessions, and is it going to make a difference, Senator Lieber? Yeah, it, it's historic. And I, 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 we're going to use that word probably too much. But it is really um, important uh, for viewers to understand that we have made an investment that has never been made at this level uh, into this into the system, not only into our mental health system, but we've made historic investments in substance use disorder treatment, as well as housing. And when I look at this problem, I call it my three legged stool. You have to invest in substance use uh, treatment mental health treatment, and housing. And if you don't invest in all three of those, you have a wobbly stool or a stool that falls over. This, in, this investment package that I know we're gonna talk a little bit more about is really the start. And I, I know that Representative Nose and I have said this before in other contexts. My hope is that we look back on this time and say, this is the time that we started to make progress within our systems. And if we get it right, we're going to make progress in our criminal justice system. We're going to make progress in homelessness. And we're going to make, quite frankly, progress uh, even in our child welfare system. It touches everything. And from your viewpoint, Representative knows how big of a deal is this investment? So um, sometimes we'd like to start off our conversation about this by talking about how in the 90s, um, policymakers across the United States and in this state made a decision that institutionalizing people with mental illness, having them live in large hospital-like settings all together was not the right way to um, have people with mental illness live among us. And so we closed Danish. We closed a lot of these big mental health institutions that frankly weren't really serving populations very well. But unfortunately, we did not follow up in the 90s when we closed those big places with the kind of community investments that we need so that you have housing and community, you have access to therapists and counselors and case managers in the community. And so to uh, what, what Senator Lieber was pointing out is, this is the first time we've made the kind of investments that we should have made um, a long time ago when we began a process of deinstitutionalizing and having people with mental illness be in the community again. Well, let's look at some of the ways the money will be invested. And one of the largest items will cost $130 million to go toward increasing capacity for licensed residential facilities for those with behavioral health needs. Now, the state was supposed to come up with a plan on how to do that by March 1st. Uh, Senator Lieber, where are we on that and how will that work? So it was really important to us when we looked across this to make sure that we were looking at the whole system as a whole and figuring out where those where we needed to fund and one of the glaring missing pieces of the system was that we didn't have enough residential treatment beds in order to take care of the people who really needed them and that's both before they would enter the criminal justice system in the Oregon State Hospital, but it's also really important to understand that you need those residential beds to get people out of the hospital. So we knew we were really low in residential treatment beds. So this investment was, was made to really start sort of building sticks and bricks and open up residential beds. We're doing that with the Oregon Health Authority in a number of ways. One is they've already put out uh, RFP, a request for, for 
uh, proposals for what we're kind of calling the low-hanging fruit. For those kinds of um, investments that uh, people could uh, open up beds now, right? They didn't need to build something. They might have already had something in the community. There is going to be an additional request for proposal coming out very soon. We're working with stakeholders. Um, and, and it's important to note that those stakeholders did get a little bit of um, money up front in order to do planning grants to sort of come up with sort of unique ways to do that. So we're going to do this rolling RFPs right. in order to get out uh, proposals for people to open up these beds, both secure, residential, and uh, supported housing beds. And, and Laurel, on top of that, um, we found another $100 million on top of the 130 that we allocated in the 21 session um, to do more of this. And um, the Health Authority has assured me, because Senator Lieber and I have check-ins with them pretty periodically to see how these bills and our budgets are doing, that if they don't get enough takers in this first round that they do in April, they're just going to keep sending out requests for proposals and keep making um, county uh, programs aware that there's money available to do this. So. It should, it should, we should start to see things coming up, hopefully this summer and fall. Uh, here's another investment, Certified Community Behavioral Health Clinics. They got $121 million, and they provide mental health and substance abuse treatment regardless of insurance coverage. Uh, Representative Knows, how do you think that will make a difference and is it being implemented? This is being implemented. So this is something that we're doing in partnership with the federal government. If Senator Wyden were here, um, he could go on about this is a program where you bring mental health services together with physical health services, which seems really obvious. But if you're someone that was struggling with mental illness and maybe you had uh, diabetes, um, you had to go to a different clinic, a different location to get your diabetes treated um, and a different location to get your mental health needs met. So CCBHC uh, brings both uh, mental and physical health treatment together in one location. We're running nine pilots in this state. Um, most of those pilots are county-based. And um, I know they're working because uh, when I did a sort of check-in in the fall about how the mental health delivery system uh, operates and was going, um, the counties that had uh, CCBHCs were assuring me that they were sending way fewer folks to the state hospital because they can treat people at a much more lower level um, and manage their, their challenges and the counties that did not have a CCBHC were jealous of the ones that did. And, and so another, this is something I hope we're going to see the federal government continue to invest in, and Oregon will continue to find resources to get more of these across our state. And this is really, our federal partners really did us a great service when, when they got us the, the original pilots. So this is a case of where a state has to invest money, and we're matched at four to one with federal dollars. So 121 million is really 30 million state resources leveraging all of those other federal funding. And what's so exciting about this program, and, and I think we're gonna see more of these, is that they have to open and be open 24 seven, have to have integrated medication management and have to really be um, able to uh, serve the whole person. And that I think is the, really the, the uh, great progress that's gonna be made there. And Senator and Lieber, for your listeners, oh, go ahead. I just, I just wanted to, to move, 
move on to another investment because we're running out of time here. But another real challenge okay. is recruiting and retaining behavioral health care workers. The package you passed includes 80 million for that. So paint us a picture of how serious that staffing shortage in the state is and the impact the pandemic had and what a difference this 80 million is going to make. Senator Lieber. Yeah, so you got remember we when we passed this sort of investment package, we had these three big buckets. One, we had sort of sticks and bricks. Uh, that was our 130 million. We also knew we needed to take a big swing at our workforce, right? We don't have enough workforce. Uh, they're not culturally specific. We don't have a lot of equity involved in this particular workforce. And we wanted to take one-time funding and do what we called a surge. Well, once we ended our session as of June, July, as, literally as of July, we realized that this workforce issue is way bigger than we had anticipated. So we kept this 80 million as a long-term strategic pot of money to really do this surge, but we also had to start making investments in the current workforce and in the to just stabilize what we have already and hopefully this surge will make uh, grow a greater workforce um i know representative knows worked a, a really hard in this this the short session that we just had on on us stabilizing what we already had with the current workforce how, how is it going to help representative knows how is it going to help keep health care workers in really difficult jobs low-paying jobs and also to recruit more workers so two things that we did uh, in, the, in the session that just concluded in the 2022 session, we allocated about approximately 132 million that will go statewide um, to mental health providers all across our state, um, big and small, so that they can frankly raise wages, offer a retaining bonus or a recruitment bonus or cover childcare costs or gasoline costs. Um, anything that they think that they need to do to be able to retain the workforce that they have um, and improve their compensation in some form or another. And then on top of that, um, in, as part of the budget reconciliation bill, we are raising the behavioral health Medicaid rates, what mental health providers can bill Medicaid for, for counseling, for drug management, for depression interventions. We're going to allow those rates, what we can bill Medicaid, to come up on average about 30%. So a work group is meeting as we speak to examine what we're currently doing to figure out, does one rate need to go up 30%, another maybe 50, another we can hold to 10, and roll that out over the summer and fall um, so that um, providers are compensated better for the things that they're doing. And, and House Bill 2980 required the Oregon Health Authority to fund peer-run respite centers around the state. So let's talk about the idea behind residential peer support. Representative Knows, you know someone personally who's yes, offering this my, kind of peer support. Tell us about that. So it's my constituent that has lobbied for five years, Kevin Fitz, if he's watching this, uh, to, to make that happen. And the idea is that um, just like in a lot of other uh, communities, people want to be served by people that understand their life experience. And so the idea behind the Peer Respite Center is, if I'm having challenges with my mental health or I'm flaming out or I'm bottoming out, instead of having to go to a hospital or emergency room or worse, act out and end up in a law enforcement situation, I'll be able to go to one of these four sites that we're going to stand up and sort of recoup, chill out, uh, calm down and be able to do that in the presence and with the assistance of folks that have experienced what I'm, or maybe are living with depression or anxiety or some other form of mental illness 
so that I don't, so that I can uh, do what I need to calm down and then not have to like lose my employment or have something worse happen. So this is a big experiment, actually. We're very excited that we're going to be able to launch this. Well, it sounds very exciting. We have about a minute before we need to go to a break, but I want to touch on this. Senator Lieber, you said you ran for office in part because of your interest in figuring out how the mental health system interacted with rising homelessness that we see everywhere. Any insights on that? Well, I, I, I don't think that there's an Oregonian out there who wouldn't be able to drive in any of their downtown uh, spaces and uh, not understand that mental health has been a big part of our homeless issue right now. Um, and I think that if we, what, you know, one of the things that was so important to me was, was making sure that we start investing in what I call off ramps before people become homeless. Uh, off ramps before people end up in the criminal justice system and off ramps before people end up in the Oregon State Hospital. And so what we really wanted to do in these investment packages is try to figure out how do we create those off ramps so that we don't have so many people who are on the street and homeless. And I think what's really important about that is that, you know, the longer you're homeless, the longer you're homeless. And the more acute any any uh, whether it's substance use disorder or mental health or any co-occurring disorders happen. And it is imperative that we as a state invest in people early, make sure they don't become homeless, and make sure that they get the resources they need when they're ready for it. And that's, I think, what is so exciting about these um, investments that we're making. Definitely a statewide issue, as you said, everyone can see it all around us. Representative Tana Sanchez, chair of the House Committee on Behavioral Health, who worked with you on the package, has said more needs to be done. I know you've said that, too. What's next? We'll take a closer look at that after the break. We're back in two minutes. Welcome back to Straight Talk. I'm Laurel Porter. We're talking about the mental health system in Oregon. My guests are two of the lawmakers who took the lead on trying to make it better. Welcome once again to State Senator Kate Lieber and State Representative Rob Nose. You know, something you funded in part in past sessions and will need more attention next session is a soon-to-be-implemented suicide prevention hotline, a national hotline, 988. Representative Nose, where are we on that? How is that going to work? So this is a federal program that the states are participating in. Um, the idea is instead of having folks with mental health challenges call the 911 system, they'll be directed to the, a new 988 system. We are anticipating that we will be slow rolling it out beginning um, in July. And they are using the word slow roll on purpose because um, we don't want the line to sort of come on and be overwhelmed immediately as we begin to hire people and as we begin to figure out how that line is going to coordinate with county systems um, so that when you call, um, they'll have the ability to route you to a mental health provider, a behavioral health provider in your area of the world who can immediately begin to get you triaged and get you into the kind of service you need. Or sometimes um, just talk you down and, and, and help you center yourself so you realize, like, I'm going to be okay. I'm not going to, I don't need to kill myself. I just needed someone to talk me down because I'm having a bad moment. 
Won't that be something to have a national hotline like that? Uh, so simple, 988. We look forward to that. I wanted to ask Senator Lieber, you know, a big complaint we hear, many have, is that it seems the state pumps a lot of money into systems and agencies, programs and bureaus, and then we don't see the intended results. Everything that you both have said sounds very promising and encouraging, big ideas, big swing. But people complain about waste and inefficiencies. They don't see things working. How do you make sure that all this works the way you want it to? Well, it, it is complex, but one of the things that we did was make sure that uh, a new metrics and accountability system was set up through the Oregon Health Authority to really measure uh, true measurements of success. So uh, that is an ongoing work, but how I'm going to measure success is um, shorter wait time for Oregonians that are seeking help, less people entering the criminal justice system, less people going to the Oregon State Hospital on low-level crimes, uh, having services available when people need them. But that is going to take a lot of work and it's going to take a lot of time, right? We can't change this complex system overnight. And it is really important to understand we've never had this much resource going into this system ever. Um, that alone, I think, is going to be uh, historic and change the way the system works. And quite frankly, we have to. It's, 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 it, we have to do this. There are too many Oregonians on the street, too many Oregonians who need help that aren't getting the help they need. And it is a very expensive proposition, right? It will be way less expensive for us to do prevention than it is for us to treat them on the back end. Representative Nose, is this one-time spending or will there be more investment in the next session in 2023? What needs to be fixed? So, uh, so Senator, yeah, so Senator Lieber and I, um, I feel like as she alluded to earlier, we're just getting started. We think 2021 will be the year that we can say to folks, this is the year we began to turn things around. Um, you know, the legislature is busy meeting in work groups and checking in with stakeholders and and agency leaders, even when we're not officially legislating and when we're not in session. And so she and I have continued to do that. We are focusing now our efforts on um, the county public health system and the county, the community mental health system, which in our state is mostly county driven. And we are working with the um, community mental health programs in our counties to uh, sort of get barriers and bureaucratic processes that don't work for them out of their way. Mm -hmm. uh, look at the services that they're offering and what needs to be enhanced, and then hopefully be able to roll into the 2023 session, um, providing more resources to them so that they can do the job that um, voters in their jurisdictions have asked them to do. I can give you each about a minute to uh, give us a final message. Uh, how would you like to leave viewers tonight? Uh, Senator Lieber. Well, I really appreciate the time on this. You know, uh, I, leaders are clear-eyed on, on what the problems are, except this is a complex problem that really does have complex solutions. We do have to make sure that the system works better. And the system that we have needs to make sure that there's not these gaps where people are falling through the system and aren't getting the help that they need. And so it's going to take all government, uh, it's going to take nonprofits, it's going to take people to really be pulling together and making sure that we get a system that works. And it's going to take the federal government because that's going to be really where we need to access the funding. We're not going to be able to do this alone, but it's going to take time.
And Representative Knows, just a guess, little, about a minute. I, I guess what I would want um, voters to know is that we've allocated over $1.2 billion to this problem. And that is a significant amount of money. That is more money than we have ever allocated to mental health and behavioral in this state, probably ever. And uh, Senator Lieber and I and a lot of our colleagues are watching how that investment is rolling out. And please know that it might not happen fast enough for you, but things are in the works and we're paying attention and we believe the investments that we have made are gonna show up at some point and make a difference. Things are, money does help to get things to get better. Yeah, here, here. And I, about, I have about 15 or 20 seconds. I did wanna ask you, are there committees working on this right now? Ahead of, ahead so of the next the, session? I mean, the House Behavioral Health Committee uh, has a quarterly check-in um, prior to each session. And we certainly have the director of the, of the Behavioral Health Unit at the Oregon Health Authority come before us. We have um, policy leaders, thought leaders come before us as well to regale us with their ideas and what's going on or not going on from their perspective. And so, you know, your viewers are welcome to go on the Oregon Legislature website and geek out and, and Google the House Behavioral Health Committee and you can see everything that we're up to and what we're paying attention to. Well, Senator Kate well, Weaver, and, and Representative not, Bob Nose, I have to oh. end it there. Thank you for joining us and good luck with your continued work on mental health. And thank you for watching. Join us next week. My guest is Oregon's Secretary of State, Shamia Fagan. We'll see you next week for Straight Talk.